My people, my people, welcome to the Racing Family Show, my people, my people. Where's our guy Wheeler, who's uh, sitting in the Chicago airport? Alex, Bernard, Christy, and Steve, and Scott Richards, and uh, Cat Rocky just jumped up on me, of course. Uh, James, and Steve, and Patrick, and Bernard, and Jeff. How you doing? Bit of an odd time here for the show, I realize that. But it is specifically because our man, Snoop Wheelie Wheel, uh, a.k.a. Christopher Wheeler, uh, just got himself on an aeroplane from, hey there, Abby, from Indianapolis to Chicago and is on a layover waiting to fly to Good old Perry. He's headed to Le Mans. So we got him. Hopefully he'll tune in here um, to do the show while we got him. Because otherwise he's going to be in good old France. A couple days before I will. Cassie and hey, we got our guy. Look at that. We got my co-host. I'm so happy. And then we got Declan Brennan too. Oh my goodness. We just, it's part of the Day and racing family and just uh, other folks. Don't y'all have work to do? I don't know if I call this work for myself either, but here we are. Thanks for joining in. Amy, so awesome to meet you uh, at Indy finally. And uh, hey, Mr. Wheeler, tell folks how you're doing in the, uh, what are you, in the TWA lounge? Uh, what other uh, old uh, non-functional airline can I cite for you being in the um, I'm in the ATA lounge. Ooh, there we go. Because when you're on ATA, you're on vacation. Do you remember those commercials? Yes. Hey, I just had to decline a call uh, from a dear friend of ours, unfortunately, so hopefully our audio didn't just totally go out there. But uh, Steve Bonick, Jamie Carr, uh, Tyler, just, hey, people, thanks for joining in. Um, Mr. Wheeler, we don't have a lot of time. Um and I can also tell you that I'm probably about to fall asleep, too. Um, but, hey, I am fairly confident there was a motor race last weekend, and it was pretty good. And we just learned that it had a pretty solid uh, viewer base as well. And there's lots of positives going on. So why don't we do this? Because this racing family show and my podcast, it's not about just complaining and whining about stuff. Uh, we tend to love this sport, and so let's share some of the things that we love most about this year's Indianapolis 500, and I would truly welcome as many of you as possible to raise your hand to speak, because I'd rather this be uh, as interactive a show as can be to talk about the things that you really love about the 107th edition. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to start this off just like everybody that did last night at the... Uh championship celebration on the uh, Indy 500 celebration, man, big shout out, right? Like Justin Newgarden did it and he didn't do it from starting in the first three rows. He didn't do it by just setting cruise control and saving fuel. Dude did it. Um, were there some negatives in the race? Of course there were things I don't agree with. Of course there were, but um, you know, the, the fans loved it. And that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. Um, I'm officially 0 for 20 on attempts to get a ring. But, um, you know, I guess Dale Earnhardt was more special than me. He got his on 20 in Daytona. So, Marshall, you and I spoke this morning, and we talked about some of the things that, like, really kind of 
outside of just another race, what made it really cool. And I think the diversity and the amount of different people that I saw throughout the month of May at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway was unbelievable. And to me, that was the highlight. Like so many people that either I'd never seen before or larger groups of different nationalities um, and not just there at a racetrack because their company had sweet passes, but like wearing, wearing Kyle Kirkwood gear, wearing Joseph Newgarden gear, wearing yeah. Patricio Award gear, like truly in jumping into the sport. Um, man, I was really pumped to see that. And it was just an observation I made and big shout out to all of the Japanese fans that, they travel from wherever they came from so well. A friend of mine, Chino, who I met going to Japan 15 years ago, um, found me in the garage area to introduce me to his wife and his seven-year-old daughter, who they had flown over from Japan to be there. Um, and obviously, I noticed it a lot more this year working with Takuma because of uh, they all camped out at our garage, our transporter all month. So to me, that was what was really cool. It truly felt like a massive, massive international and multicultural event for the first time. I second, third, and fourth that, my man. Um, I tend to have a fairly watchful eye when it comes to everything you just mentioned when we go to motor races, in particular the Indy 500. I mentioned this to Mark Miles. I mentioned this to one or two other members of Penske Entertainment's leadership, I saw more black people at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway throughout the month than I have ever seen. And exactly in the, the situation you're mentioning, Chris, not you know corporate guests, just straight up fans. Beautiful, beautiful thing. And not like Oh, I normally see a tiny amount, and here's a fraction, tiny fraction improvement. But like, hey, this is real. There is something real and positive, visibly improved uh, than I've ever seen before. Um, I saw more trans, publicly trans, proudly trans, publicly non-binary and proudly non-binary people at the Speedway. I'm not saying that those folks have never been at the Speedway. I'm just saying in terms of I'm going to come here as my proud self and have the hope and belief I will be accepted in a way that, honestly, a few years ago, that might not have been the case. Run down the list, whether it is folks of uh, South Pacific origin, Indian, like just the whole gamut. Like, wow, this is an increasingly beautiful thing. Why does it matter? Because this is real life, right? It's strange to go anywhere and see no, in a country like ours and see everybody that looks like you. It's more common to see a wide variety of Americans, not just one type in Indy. It just makes my heart like truly sing because you go, cool, it's not job done. It's not perfect. Of course, there's greater improvements to be had year after year, but I'm with you, brother. This just felt like, please, everybody is welcome. Know this and let's show out 
and let everyone else know that this is for everybody. Well, I, th- I think additional to that, Marshall, one of my highlights is IMS, Penske Entertainment, did a great job, IndyCar also, of keeping a lot of the history and the tradition in place on how we do things. But they also added so many new elements that made new people feel welcome, that made people with different situations feel welcome. Um, they really, I think, jumped, stepped up their educational kind of attack to the new fan. Now, if they would hire uh, Mama G-Force to really lead that campaign, I'd be all for it. Um, but it was it was Come just on, IndyCar, get it done. You're going to get it, the best really, buttons in IndyCar as well when you do buttons. that. That's just a, but, a perk. Buttons for days. Apparently, I'm not on the cool kids list because I didn't get any buttons. But, um, you know, you'll have that here in Big Time Auto she, Racing Virtual. No, no, no. She made buttons that said Chris Wheeler doesn't get buttons. And we all got those buttons. Oh. So it was pretty amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and as far as the actual race is concerned, like, I know Firestone's getting shit on by a lot of people. Sorry, Cass. I know you're like dance class or something with no air headphones. But, um, I loved it, right? Like, I'm a big fan of tires that fall off. I'm a big fan of tires that just go to hell and make you drive a race car. Now, do I agree that when the tires is bad to where Hunter Ray can't see the, the rumble strips and Dixon is literally looks like a stock car in a road course, right, with wheel hop? That's not cool. But I'm a big fan of tire break off or fall off. And um, I'm even a bigger fan if we could somehow get these people to just pull all the downforce off the race cars um, and make these – drivers really slide them around the racetrack that'd be really cool personally um but there was a weird thing there right a lot of people said oh i was buried you know i was 15th i couldn't go anywhere all i could do was kind of hang on scott dixon alex Pillow, linus vk takuma sato connor daly all fell out of the top 10 multiple on at least one if not two occasions and they all drove back. Colton Herta was a lap down, unlapped himself, and drove back to the front of this field. Don't tell me you can't pass. The fact when you say, I can't race, I couldn't pass, couldn't do this, that just tells me that your car wasn't good enough. Because the cars that had the speed and had the mechanical grip and had the downforce were able to drive back to the front of this field. So I'm tired of the... Uh, you know, the aero package sucked, the cars aren't good, whatever. If you were good enough, you could get to the front. And if you didn't get to the front, you simply weren't that good. Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired. I love, but accurate shots fired. Not every, this isn't the everybody gets a trophy. Hey, I was running in 32nd and, uh, man, these tires are terrible. You know, well, you know, they, they, they make 33 positions. Not everybody's going to be first. Um, yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Um, hey, we've only got about 20 more minutes for this somewhat short episode. We are planning to do some without making any false promises like we did at Indy that we were going to do it each day. But we are planning to do some from good old France. We're going to hog all of uh, Cadillac Racing's Wi-Fi in the garage there to do some shows. But you're off on a plane here shortly. I am in about 48 hours or whatever it is. But uh, why don't we make use of our remaining minutes inviting our friend from, oh, not Holland, as I was barked at by everybody, 
our friend from the Netherlands, good old Peter Nutt. Why don't you unmute yourself on this little racing family show brought to us by Cooper Tires, Discount Tire, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. Oh, man, Marshall, this is quite an honor. Thank you. Um, and, and cool to hear that you'll be in uh, my time zone uh, very soon. Uh, awesome. If, if you happen to visit our little cheesy country, uh, please let me know. Um, uh, Chris, you, you mentioned a little bit about fighting back during the race. And, uh, you know, uh, I was watching the race and also covering an election in Turkey, which was not that great. Um, but I was shouting at the TV the whole time, um, you know, Venus um, messed up a little bit, uh, hitting Palou. Um, what, what did you think of his fight back to the front? I was very impressed. And what could that mean for his contract chances in the future? Um, unfortunately, I think, and great question. Unfortunately, personally, I think that I, I have a lot of, I put a lot of value in Renus, but Time and time again, he's continued to make the same silly mistakes that are that seem very small, um, but in big moments. And I, I think he'll have a contract for sure. Um, I think he's been sitting there thinking that he was going to get a big three contract, big three contract, and I don't see that happening. Um, unfortunately, unless he came back to actually fight for the win at the end of it, the damage was already done and put out. Then I mean. I know everybody wants to, to really take advantage of every opportunity, especially the atmosphere, but you can't do things like spin out on pit lane um, and, and make those types of mistakes. Right? If you think about it, 17 races a year, five pit stops a race on, on, on average, right? And you're looking at 85 pit stops, not to mention testing and practice. If we can't watch out of the pit box, without making mistakes, there's, there's other things there. And, and again, I have a lot of value in them. But um, I think over contract, I think it'll be fine. Uh, I did tell him after the race that it was kind of a dick move that when he was crashing on the, the green-white tech that we had there at the end, which is a whole other conversation. You know, he and Connor and Colton went three wide when my driver took him and went four wide to pass them. And there was a lot of contact there. And I said, Renus, you know, <laughs> this is a very personal thing. Sabrina I can't believe you didn't crash. She goes, yeah, I was trying not to. And I said, the least you could have done as a, I'm, a, I'm sorry, to Chip Ganassi Racing was after taking the white flag was crashed because Marcus Erickson still had the lead. But um, but no, I, he did fight back, though. And um, it shows you how good he can be. He's just got to clean up those small mistakes. Thank you so much, Chris. I totally agree. And uh, we all hoped, I guess, in the Netherlands that he would land that big contract a few years ago. That didn't happen, but uh, it's amazing to see a Dutch kid doing so well in the U.S. Thank you so much for your answer. No, you're, you're welcome, brother. And yeah, as I think I've said somewhat recently, and I don't remember whether it was a podcast here or in print, I wish nothing more for Renus than for his team to find the often missing road and street course speed that he needs to return to the, the frontline shortlists for teams in the future. Um, in a Chip Ganassi racing car, 
he's already won at least one race this year. And, you know, if he's, and he's either on pole or on the front rows, he just was in an Ed Carpenter cart Indy, but in a team that is competitive at every round and threatening for the win at every round, that kid, I'm not saying he's ready to be a champion yet, right? It's a bit of a journey you have to go through to find out if, if you have what it takes to be that, but he has the potential to vie for a championship but as long as he's in a situation where unfortunately his team is not ready to present him with that reality he is very sadly being forgotten remembered at the indy 500 for sure the kid is always a rocket there because that's where ecr places the majority of their development dollars and effort we know the carpenter cars are going to be good at indy but holy cow uh, he's sitting 16th in the championship between Santino Ferrucci and Graham Rahal, both of whom we would say have had mostly terrible years, with exception of Santino just having this great run to third at Indy. But Renus is back buried where he shouldn't be on talent alone, but this unfortunately is where his team is at right now, so... If he's going to get more energy behind him, Chris, to become a bigger player in future free agent markets, I, I don't know if it's totally on him to do that. You know, he's he's got you know, to get there. Marshall, I got to say this because you brought up the points. I just want you to look and see the differences over the next three years when you hear this kid's name, no matter what he's doing. I want you to remember that after missing two races to start the IndyCar season, that Marcus Armstrong is 19th in points and still the highest rookie. I I made a note in what might be, I hope I get this done, a post Indy 500 thoughts and, and ramblings story. Made the same exact note that having missed two races worth of points, Marcus Armstrong is currently in front of the following drivers who have done the entire season. They've done six, he's done four. He's ahead of them in the points. Connor Daly, Elio Castroneves, Jack Harvey, Devlin DeFrancesco, Augustine Canapino, Simon Pagano, Benjamin Peterson, Stingray Rob. Marcus Armstrong is currently the leading rookie in the series. Uh, one, two, three, four, four or five spots. Five spots ahead of the next rookie driver, all of whom have done the entire season. And yeah. Imagine what this kid can do full season and yeah. with oval knowledge, and ret- at least if he's back full time next year, going to places for the second time where they aren't mysteries to him. I'm not saying the kid is going to retire Scott Dixon <laughs> or Will Power, but I am saying the kid's demonstrating something where you go, oh yeah, you're meant to play inside the top ten. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you straight up. He's a terrible Chandler, spotter. Terrible spotter. Yeah, spotter. But like he, he, could, he could be 10th in points if he had a real spotter. But um, I can't wait for the summer race at IMS. It'll be our first time going back to a venue. Like, I'm Indeed. About the, like, I'm excited to see what that does. Speaking of pumped, someone, Chris, who would we put up as a nominee for the person who got the most out of their month of May? in terms of 
cool things, meeting every driver, getting all of their autographs and art in a notebook, they would be the just incalculably awesome Alex Williams. Please unmute yourself, our dear friend and just vital member of the Day and Racing family. Howdy, good afternoon. Okay. Good everything. Well, good everything to you, Alex. Tell us, what are your positives? What did you see at IMS while you were there for many, many, many days? What are the things that stood out this year that you're like, wow, that's cool, new, or different? Um, well, I can say having been there from both a fan perspective and technically an employee spec perspective working with the college program, the way that IMS has adapted to accommodate anybody and everybody has been insane. Uh, I didn't get, we didn't have the um, sensory bags for very long. Somebody like day one that I was there uh, was like, yeah, we only have a hundred. And it's like, and someone said, is that for the whole month? Or is that just for like today? And they just said, we have a hundred. Can you tell folks what that is? Because not everybody might know. The sensory bags are uh, they're brand new this year, and they it includes uh, noise canceling headphones. There's a couple of different fidget toys, I believe, um, and there's a couple other things in the bag. It's for individuals who are on the uh, autism spectrum, and for those who have sensory issues. So for those who like get really overwhelmed and overstimulated by big crowds, you can be like, hey, do, do you have one of the sensory bags? And they just give it to you. I don't know if we ran out. I assume we did. But that was one of the biggest things. And the other was specifically when I went uh, working, I say working, going t with Path to the Pits um, with to look loop around with McLaren and I was showing them the art book uh, one of the girl one of the social media girls was getting one of the other ones over and went to introduce me and paused and said what are your pronouns no one has ever asked me that in the paddock before and I I kind of had to just pause because I was like they preferably because I was so beyond excited that somebody had asked me because I'm I'm bad about correcting people because it's kind of a kind of a small thing for me like I can deal with it it's not it doesn't mess with me that much but to be asked means that I am seen and I am heard and I am welcome here and that's incredibly important to me Amen. And I also appreciate your tolerance for a 52-year-old guy like me who readily admits that I'm still trying to learn and adapt and fail and was embarrassed to refer to you as she when we met up with Scott McLaughlin quickly uh, and appreciate your more than kind acceptance of my apology after 
simply because it was me just not being as aware as I should. And why do I say that? Because after introducing you as she to Scott McLaughlin and then noticing your button that you wore proudly, that was right in front of me, that said, they, them. I'm like, well, through it. You know you're an idiot, but you've just confirmed this yet again. So just wanted to thank you for your kindness uh, in acceptance of me for not doing as good a job as I should and further educating uh, good old Grandpa Whitebeard here. Of course. Wait, bro, how old are you? I am 5'2", circles around the planet. Dude, I didn't realize I that. Like, I, I wonder if we have to start doing our show earlier because you're so old. I'm, I'm struggling right now. Well, first of all, uh, th- there's the discount meal that starts at 4 o'clock, so we're going to have to hurry this up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I appreciate you. and I'm about to get my walker all tuned up, so it has the uh, oval setup on it. Uh, but, yeah, going to get it set up for the road courses. I do for have my time reason. zone, it would be awesome. But that's, you know, it's always so late in the middle of the night and I have to wake up and, and listen to this thing going on. And I, yeah, you know, uh, earlier is better. But thank you. Uh, thank you, Marshall. I'm going to take my Metamucil. Uh, why don't we welcome Mr. Wheeler? And I'm just surprised there aren't more shots fired from you towards me, Chris, because, I mean, come on, I'm a pretty big and easy target. Uh, Steve Bonick. Uh, AKA the Prudé's official beer pimp slash someone who's trying to get me uh, to go to rehab, apparently, or trying to lead me towards rehab, I think. Uh, Steve, it was great to see you. Great to see your daughter, just daughter, just you, you, you. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, what did you think? Tell me about things you saw this edition of the Indy 500 that stood out as new, different, or No, better. I appreciate it, Marshall. I, 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 I will echo what, uh, what you had uh, mentioned and what Alex had mentioned as well in terms of the diversity was it was very different and a good thing. I mean, there were several times I was like, whoa, this is different. On top of just the, the sheer magnitude and number of people, to me, there was a very clear uh, makeup of the crowd, which is good to see. So that was I was very happy to see that and hope that it continues to uh, continues to go that way. And to Alex's point about asking people's uh for their pronouns at the at the get together saturday night i can't remember who it was but somebody was talking about somebody else and they said oh what are their pronouns so it was just within our group as well it was nice to see that as well so i i I appreciate that and it's always good to see so no it was a good time and i saw that you had the uh the vanilla death there and uh joseph declined on the vanilla death so i I got a kick out of that it's probably a good choice that he didn't go for that beer after that race so, <laughs> um, I was told by Brian Simpson, who's uh, heads Joseph's dream digital business, um, Brian being former VP of IndyCar comms or something, just, you know, super good guy, old friend. But uh, I asked him, uh, I think right after the victory, hey, you kind of know that we, you know, or I try and do the, the victory beer thing. Any suggestions on on what Joseph may or may not want? And he said, well, let me take a look. And he said, he's just, just started drinking Modelo. And I'm like, oh, well, that is technically a beer. 
Um, I don't know if that would fall into the category of, of anything I would drink, but it at least tells me that something very light, easy to see through, the antithesis of everything that I like, is where we're going here. And so, yeah, did look through all the beers. Cassie's was the perfect one for him, but just because I'm me, I also found two big-ass malt liquors uh, that I bought, I think, Friday, uh, happened to be named Hurricane, and Brian told me, like, that's the one I hope he chooses because that's his nickname, but he probably won't because he'll see malt liquor and say, that's not something I should put in my finely tuned OnlyFans quality from episode one of 100 Days to Indie Body. Uh, so indeed, yeah, Vanilla Death, even though it had the word vanilla in it, and I thought he might go for it. Uh, I think he probably saw the death part and was like, nope, that's too far from a Modelo. So let's also say hi to our pal Gavin Ward, who joined in. Uh, the best curly locks uh, in all of IndyCar. Mr. Wheeler, who else should we welcome in? And Dex, if we welcome you, for God's sake, man, we don't have 12 years. And Kyle Kirkwood isn't here to roast. Uh, but who else should we welcome in before we uh, say farewell and you got to get on a big old bird to France? We'll, uh, we'll welcome Declan next, but we're going to limit him because we have that power. But while Gavin's here, massive shout out. Um, he led a program that showed up with four absolute rocket ships. And um, it was really impressive. So, Gavin, uh, Gavin, um, you guys, you guys had a great race cars, man. Congratulations on that. Good job. And uh, yeah, you're oh, good at racing, Gavin. Uh, put that on a business card. Good at racing. Don't even put your number on it or email. Just hand that out as it is. That's my suggestion. Maybe we, we as the Prude should make that for him. Gavin Ward, good at racing. All right, I'm gonna get on that. Uh, Dex, the floor is yours. Uh, please don't spill too much blood on it. I've, I've nothing bad or funny to say today. I'm I'm stunned and in a good way by Indy's approach to sensory issues with kids. Being the father of an 11 year old autistic boy who loves racing, that program is that's astonishing. Although uh, some simple autism awareness facts would probably have. Uh, uh, should have been uh, taken into into account regarding one in fifty two uh, children have autism, uh, for example. So even if you work out how many kids are probably going to have at that event with two hundred and fifty thousand people, you probably want to have more than three hundred packs. But it's a great start, and that whole concept is absolutely remarkable and makes my my uh, makes me smile enormously because it's just it it feels like across all of the things you're talking about that that motorsport and and specifically in the in this case but motorsport is kind of starting to reflect the rest of the world and i say that as somebody and and, and uh marcel we've talked about this before motorsport uh, in the paddock uh, you're the saying this as an old racist irishman which is even I am. more impressive i am yes absolutely so yeah i live in fear of I live in fear of the idea of people not thinking I'm a racist, as we as we clarified many years ago. <laughs> but uh, no, the the, the 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 idea that 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 uh, the sport uh, has to get more inclusionary and diverse is is a is a huge one. And uh, and the fact that India of all people is tackling it is brilliant. And I have nothing funny or controversial to say. It's just sensational, and long may it continue. 
Well, as usual, you disappoint us, but you did say some very positive things. So don't get don't get used to it, though. I mean, if if you're not bringing out the flamethrower, Brennan, uh, don't come back. But you well, got a Kirkwood's not, exemption. Kirkwood's not here, and I had to before this. I had to remind myself who Logan Sargent was. Just so, so anyway, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, should I also <laughs> mention that my favorite thing I wasn't aware of till uh, some of the Prude members did send some screenshots my way that. Uh, my intro for all the various videos on Racer during the month where I'd say, hi, I'm Racer's Marshall Pruitt, was being picked up by YouTube in the close, the auto-close captioning as I'm racist Marshall Pruitt. Uh, and I was getting those screen caps sent to me over and over and over again. And I'm like, wow, all right, I guess I've been hiding it all these years. I guess Well, you can't around. listen. AI a- 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 tells I- the truth. I guess I should have uh, watched your videos, Marshall. I could have seen that. Yeah. I, we, uh, Wheeler is my co-host and one of my dearest friends who consumes none of the co- things that I make, which probably just tells us he's a high-character individual. But, Dex, we appreciate you. We're all, I'm only going to say that once because it's nice and everything else from here on will be derogatory, so it feels uh, normal. Uh, Gavin Ward, the... Gavin Ward, uh, thank you for unmuting yourself. I missed seeing you yesterday. I had a little care package of 1960s and early 70s uh, Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame brochures and banquet no way. Uh, things that I'll, I'll hand off at, at Road America. But as, uh, as Wheeler said, brother, you want to talk about the transformative power of talent? Um you guys know you could have won the Indy 500 with a couple of your drivers. Didn't work out that way, but there's no question you had the goods to do that. So just once again, congrats for uh, helping this team to rise even higher. Yeah, no, yeah. We had a, you know, it was a heartbreaking day, but at the end of the day, um, still pretty proud of, uh, of everybody. Um, pretty awesome to put together. Um a strong showing like that and you know that's racing in the day it's our, it, there's a reason um any 500 is such a big deal and it's it's not because it's easy to win <laughs> it's because it's damn hard <laughs> um and I, if i could just i uh i love what declan shared there and i i agree the sport needs to be you know a model of uh inclusive and and we want to want to be a part of that here and, and, and uh, it's it's good to hear other people with that to share that same opinion and that's something, Chris, that we've seen uh, the McLaren organization, not the only in IndyCar, but definitely one of the uh, the stronger members of the IndyCar community to say, hey, uh, what can we do to make sure that we are welcoming everybody? And Gav, maybe you can share a little bit more insight there. But there are some teams that are taking leadership roles, uh, creating programs or partnering with existing programs to whether it's internships or educational opportunities whatever it is um just love to hear a little more about this because there are some teams doing this but not all teams how do we shame the others into getting involved you know it's it's you know we talk about this all the time we talk about the teams that have the infrastructure teams that have the personnel teams that have the budgets right to go and make their race team better. One of the cool things about what the Air McLaren program does, and along with a few other programs, is they're also investing in their people and growing those programs and growing the, the, the human asset, right? The human capital 
to be able to go out and do these things. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw a photo on Twitter. It was the the annual Aaron McLaren team photo from the garage. Bruh, Gavin, I was in that photo for two years, the last two years, and it is literally three times larger than anything I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> like, it is massive. So, but it, But what's cool, though, is you guys are putting the people there to be able to go out and push things and push initiatives where there are still teams that can barely, literally barely get a car to fire on the grid. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish there were the small, some of the other teams um, were taking a bigger commercial initiative in these projects. Um, but it does on track success does not, doesn't even correlate to off track uh, success, right? Look at Ray Hall. Ray Hall's got a great commercial team and they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in there. So, um, yeah, you guys are doing a great job on that. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, in terms of how to, to get other teams to, to do this, and I don't think, you know, I think we want to be better than we are, and we're always looking for, for ways. And we've got a few initiatives going right now that we'll be able to announce more on in the future, I think. But, you know, I think the way, the way to do it and is to basically, and as what I believe, is that to show that this is not just the right thing to do, but it's it's also the way to, to win, you know, honestly. But I think from drawing from a more uh, diverse group of people to build a team and getting talent from, you know, all walks is and taking care of people and um, developing people and making a you know a fun and enjoyable, uh, healthy place to work is is all part of not just how, you know how I think a racing team should be run um, from a values point of view. But I think you know the example is if you start. I'm hoping we'll start showing soon because we're trying that if that's the way you you start um, you know dominating then then everyone's going to have to join you. <laughs> That'll be the model for people to copy. Well, that's, I mean, dude, I've, I, I, and that model works, right? Like I've got some clients that I work with and, you know, they've been very apprehensive on going down these new paths of things just in the marketing world. And I'll say, well, why should we do it? You know, it's, our industry doesn't really do that. And the whole purpose of it is to get ahead of that curveball, right? Like let's go take the best of the best out of this now. Because when we do it and it works, everybody else in our in our you know pond is going to have to do the same thing to compete. And so I love the model. I love the, the thought process on that. Yeah, man, right on. Amen. Well, hey, uh, Declan Brennan was here, uh, just hoping to to you know ruin uh, Kirk Kirkwood's, aka Kyle Kirkwood's day. All kidding aside, I'm glad we have our guy here. Uh, Kirk, why don't you uh, unmute yourself? And can I mention, can I share with you a response I've heard from a number of friends, all of whom said possibly the most baller thing they have ever seen is you sliding backwards up against the fence, sparks shooting off of your roll hoop. And what do you do? You flip your visor open. You don't wait till the car comes to a stop. You flip your visor open while going backwards at 100 and who knows how fast. Spark shooting all over. Um, if we didn't know this already, you're a badass, man. <laughs> well, first of all, can you hear me? We certainly can. All right, good. All right, I'm driving in my car, stuck in traffic on the 465. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that was my brightest moment. 
I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I, a lot of people asked me like the, if the gravity pulled the visor open and honestly, I didn't, I didn't know what to answer until I watched the video. Um, you know, I just completely lost vision of where I was, right. Because I was upside down and it was completely dark. Um, I've never had that situation before in a race car. So natural instinct was to open my visor to see where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, I was still upside down sliding, sliding on my lid. And I actually radio, (laughs) as most people know, the radio that is sent back to IndyCar, like the feedback is, is always a bit late. So, so when you hear spotters talking and whatnot, it's usually two or three seconds behind. So I'm actually radioing back to, to Brian Herta saying, get me out of this. Hopefully we get our guy Kirk back here in just a second. While while we're waiting on Kirkwood, I got to tell you. I thought it was the most Can you hear me now? look mom, no hands thing ever. Yeah, we got you back. And as Wheeler said, it was the most baller thing ever. Yeah. Just a quick note, just for clarification, Kyle. We never said it was smart, so I'm glad you acknowledge that right up front. Um, but just like me not diving and ducking with cars crashing right in front of me, I think we I maybe it's a thing. Maybe if you're because we call you the third member of the racing family show, um, Maybe doing the the things that are smartest doesn't always occur to us. But well, you're, you know, yeah, Kyle. Kyle, I just real quick wanted to say I wish your day would ended better for you. But Marshall had a code brown moment. I spotted for Takuma Sato, so you know I had a code brown moment, and now you had yours, and we just completed the code brown month of May. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I, w- I wish it. Uh, I wish it didn't come when I'm essentially running sixth uh, with 16 laps to go. But uh, I guess that's that's indie for you, right? Talk about that, Kyle. Because look, I don't know if a non Chevy was going to get to victory lane on Sunday, right? The bow tie cooked up something vicious uh, when it was time to go maximum attack uh, towards the end of the race. But I can tell you for sure you were looking like you were going to be not only in Dreddy Autosports top representative getting to the finish line, but uh, I don't think you were going to be stuck in sixth. I think you would have been moving forward even farther. Tell me about that, brother, in your second ever Indy 500, knowing that minus uh, the unintended interaction with our pal Gavin Ward's driver here, Felix Rosenqvist, you were on for something really, really amazing at the finish. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it, it honestly didn't start off that good. We we uh, we were not good in the beginning of the race. We uh, we struggled with the car balance and with vibrations. Uh, our second stint was horrendous with vibrations, and I lost a couple positions. I was up into thirteenth at one point, and fell back to my starting position, fifteenth. Um, man, we made one change on the car, got a good set of tires on that didn't get massive vibrations like everyone was dealing with and i went from i think 10th all the way up to second and in, in the second to final stint um so when we rolled in to the final stop i was under marcus's gearbox granted we had a little bit of a slow stop and and it cycled us back to what was sixth at the time um it was really 10th but there's there was a few guys that didn't pit right i think it was um but man, the car came alive. There was a few cars that could that could pass out there, and that was at the end of the race. It was myself, and I think Pelot was also very very fast. Um, in the beginning of the race, it was Colton and Joseph. When I was around them, they were just walking through the field. 
and uh, they were doing a phenomenal job. And I'm sure that that stayed the same at the end of the race. It was unfortunate what happened to Colton, but um, he was he was super fast in the beginning. I know he would have been a contender if, if he didn't have that pit stop situation um, with his teammate Roman or our teammate. But uh, yeah, so we felt like we were we were one of the good cars out there, and it was it was disappointing what happened. But yeah, like I said, that stuff like that is is bound to happen in IndyCar. It's just unfortunate it was us. Well, be proud of, of your efforts here and showing folks that, uh, yeah, you, you were going to factor in things. Uh, that, that made a pretty pretty loud statement. And again, you don't have to flip the visor. Hopefully you're never upside down again. But if you do and there's sparks going, just keep in mind, you've already set the president. So do something else. Like, is there some, could you, I don't know, could you do some sort of like, do the wave with your arms or Vogue or I don't know what, but, uh, do a you little need to throw up a gang sign. Yeah. Let's not, we'll avoid gang signs. Um, for our favorite son of Florida here. Uh, well, our boy, Christopher Wheeler does indeed need to start heading towards, uh, that big bird in the sky. That's going to take him to France. So we're going to have yeah, to wind down this uh, shorter than usual episode. Do we let our guy Cam and Eddie unmute himself for 30 seconds and then have you take us home, Chris? All right, Cam and Eddie, you got 30 seconds. I got it. So I'm going to ditch my first question and I'm going to say this. Marshall, after he made you wear that terrible hat, um, I'm, we're Los still Angeles waiting for Dodgers. Ta- Yeah, we're still waiting for that tattoo. Uh, yeah, Wheeler. How is it I'm paying a debt? Before you, well, actually, mine's like a year old. I threw, exactly. I genuinely threw that hat in the garbage can while packing up in the media center because yeah, first a first dumpster here, is where it belongs. Um, yeah, first Wheeler, we got to get, we got to get this tattoo of yours, th- this thing figured out. I'll be at, I'll be at Elkhart. Uh, you'll be at Elkhart. Uh, I think Chris Pantani from Cooper Tires will be at Elkhart. Maybe that's the place. Lord help Dead us silence. all. Listen to that. Lord help um, us all. Yes. Take us home, my brother, my brother. Well, for all of you joining us today and our special guests that asked great questions, of course, I want to thank you for joining us and thank you for everything you do for us here at the Racing Family because if it isn't for your questions, your likes, your shares, your comments, we're not here. Um, as I look back at our time together, it, it, we really covered some really deep things at the start of the show about the inclusion um, that we saw and the diversity that was represented all month of May at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And that just reminds me, don't judge a book by its cover. I've met a lot of great people this month of May who don't look like me, who didn't come where I come from, um, and don't really have a lot of things in common with me until we got to have that conversation. So don't judge the books by its cover. Take the time to learn people. It's really not that difficult. Um, Summer is full swing. A lot's happening. Don't forget your sunscreen, kids. Don't forget to hydrate. I'm tired of hearing that message. Come over to the PA every day and won't miss it. However, what you should do is you should reach out to those friends that you care about and reach out to your loved ones. Because as we always cover, you don't know what that one message could mean to somebody's day, um, their month, their life. Um, it's really important to reach out to people, especially especially in seasonal change, especially when there's a lot going on in the world, just make sure they're okay because you could really save them. Um, life's not that difficult. It's actually pretty straightforward. Um, you do the obvious things right and don't be a dick. That's really all I got. So my esteemed co-host, Marshall Pruitt, I'm Chris Wheeler. I'm also headed to France. 
and we will see you down the road. We'll speak to y'all from France, the two of us, hopefully two of your favoritist idiots uh, in France together. International incident on the way. It's like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, but cooler. <laughs>